Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. It's time to get intimate with Checkpoint Intimates. Is it a gun? Is it an umbrella? It's a gunbrella. That's right. Doing yourself new games and wild punk action adventure where you'll be blasting away the clouds as you investigate a series of mysteries to aid the game's bizarre collective of characters across a series of incredible locations. There's no raining on Gumbrellas Parade. Hello, my name is Alex, I'm from Checkpoint Gaming, and I'm here with Joseph from Gumbrella, an uh, indie game that's coming out next year. Hi, I'm Joseph. I mainly do programming on Gumbrella and the other Dwarksoft games like Gato Robato, Demon Throttle, and the Devolver Bootlegs uh, as our fourth uh, Devolver project. And um, so with Gumbrella, it's quite a stylized game. Like, where did the inspiration for that come from? Ah, geez. It was a a pretty slow process uh, getting Gumbrella going. Um, We started with the mechanics of the the movement. Um, We made sure that it was fun to be able to move around, like, even in a single room with the... uh, the gunbrella because it was a a core part of the game was getting the the movement movement mechanics correct interactions with enemies with the umbrella interactions with the mm. environment with the umbrella uh, so that was definitely the, the first thing that came in and then after that we spent a lot of time kind of focusing on the world building and story aspects right it's it's quite interesting when you're using the gunbrella in the game because it is very responsive and it feels really fun to move around with Especially like the dash and getting up in the air and then jumping off stuff. It's sort of yeah. at first it was sort of like a little bit like, ooh, I can do this. Like I can actually mm. do this. Yeah. Yeah. And with the gumbrella being the shield as well, I love being able to like charge at enemies and that was really cool. Um, so with the namesake weapon, the gumbrella, how did that come about? What was the thought process uh, behind I be- that? I believe so Doing Soft is me and two other people. All three of us like classic games, you know, um, retro games and we so kind of the school of thought behind a lot of the the games that we make are based around mechanics. Um, so the idea of the gunbrella was more a mechanical thing. You have a an item that can you can use for movement, uh, blocking, and alternatively for shooting. So when you're using it in a movement capability, or if you're using it in a blocking capability, you're not using it in a shooting mm. a shooting capability. And when you're shooting, you can't block. So just having that kind of two mode weapon was the core idea. It was it wasn't as much about the aesthetic or the the tone of the game at first it was more about how do we create something that just feels fun to play so Mm. i i don't know if it came from really anything else it was an idea that brit and colin had talked about years ago that never materialized and then when we were looking for a new project we're like uh brit brought it up and said hey what about this idea and then we prototyped something and pretty quickly realized that it would be fun and Mm. um, we came up with a good version of that concept yeah i don't i don't think it Game. Yeah, even the I think the original idea was meant to be more cute in a Kirby way, maybe. Yeah. Um, not necessarily something super bloody, but I think after doing Gato Roboto and it's kind of a you know pretty mostly pretty yeah. family friendly kind of game, we were like, let's do something a little 
Cute in a Kirby way is an interesting way to put it. I like that. Yeah, and I, yeah, I don't think we were thinking of the the gameplay reflecting Kirby more, just like something yeah. in that aesthetic. But yeah, it very quickly turned into something else mm. once we started stacking up. You know, the putting the blood in and putting the uh, you know the brutal combat element in. It quickly think, became its own thing. I think my favorite thing with the umbrella was jumping on the <laughs> um, zip lines. <laughs> that just oh, yeah, really good. Yeah. Just goes. Zzz, zzz. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that that Brit and Colin, the other two uh, doinks, um, that's something they're really good at is getting the most out of a mechanic and mm. you know milking it as far as they can. Mm. And so, yeah, I feel like once we got the <clears throat> the core movement and combat in, it was like, what else can we do with this thing? And and pretty much any time we can use the umbrella instead of you know just pressing Y or you know on a mm. in front of a thing, like we try to we try to utilize it. I think um, yeah. something else I found quite striking about Gumbrella as well was it wasn't just like you go through the levels with a Gumbrella. Like there's a story in there that I think mm. is really developed and really <laughs> interesting. How did that come about? There's probably like a ton of little inspirations that leaked in, uh, but the idea to add in story, I mean, we had some story in Gato Roboto, but it was things that would play out. You enter a room, a scene plays out, and that's pretty much mm. it. There's not a whole lot more to it. There's not an interactive element to the story um and i always really enjoyed putting in dialogue systems and and putting in you know more lore optional lore things like that um and this having a game that was a little bit more granular and more nuanced um adding story into that had different different implications so you know you can interact and talk with npcs which wasn't really something you could do in our past games so once we add that in naturally was like well maybe you have some choice as a player If I interact with this person, maybe I can do a quest for them. Um, at the end of that quest, do I give the quest item to the person I'm supposed to, or do, can I give it to someone else? Once we started yeah. asking those questions, we realized like having this kind of modular system for the for the story. Like, if you are nice to this person and you talk to them again later, they'll remember that. Um, there's a lot of a lot of subtle things like that. Um, you can also interact with the story as least as you as little amount as you want. Mm. Um, but there is like a, you know, a default amount that you have to go through. But in the demo, I think we even took stuff out just for time reasons. Yeah. There's actually other areas and other, um, characters to interact with that would normally be on that path. Um, Mm, so yeah, it's even more split. Even in the, in the version that you'll play in the demo, it's more split up almost into what you'd think of as levels or linear maps than it is in the final or in the, the non-demo version. Um, I also had a lot of respect yeah. for the puzzles in it. Like finding, like I think one of them was, you've got to get through a door and you've got to have talked to someone else earlier to know what the code, right. like specific thing was. Yeah. And I was, I was having so much trouble with it because I, I was like, I talked to everyone, I can't get through. And then one of my friends was like, Oh, this was mine. Just use this one. And then I realized, no, it's actually like individualized. Right. Each one, I was like, damn. <laughs> so, and they're like, well, go yeah. find this person. So I went and found that one. And yeah, I I love that, especially in a game that is a side scroller to you know, sort of yeah. encourage you to keep going back and. You know. Yeah, I I don't I'm not sure what to call it, but in my mind, it's it's RPG elements. Mm. Um, when you when you say that, people think of damage numbers and mm. you know RPG that kind of thing, like stats and all that. And it's less about that than it is the adventure part of the RPG. Like, yeah, ha- having characters in a town that don't just say one-liners. Like, they actually have a, their own little subplot going on. And if you mm. talk to them later in the game, you can hear about catch up with what's been going on with them. And 
Um, it's mostly optional, but it's something that I think makes the world feel more full. Um, and I don't know, that's something we focused on in this game was making each area, even if it's a map you're just running through, try to make it feel like a unique place, not mm. just an action map. Whereas in the past, it's, you, you know, a lot of the action stuff we've done and like Gato Robato, for example, it's it's very much feels like levels. We weren't mm. thinking of it too much like this is a room and this is, um, there's a bed, someone sleeps there. Um, there's some little rat cages and a book you can read and, you know, more yeah. environmental stuff. But yeah, part of that is to to get the concept of the the world that the game takes place in across, um, because the world state and the situation, like the over, like the macro situation in the game world, has a lot to do with where the story goes. Without spoiling anything, like um, like every little detail kind of is hinting towards something hmm. as you play through. Moving through the story, like how how big is the story in the game? <clears throat> Uh, you mean in terms of like game length? Yes, and no. Like, or? I guess depending on like with the story, like if I was to jump in uh, and go fully into that story side of it. I think if if you take out doing side quests and interacting with everyone, the game probably would still take about six hours. But okay. if you're trying to, you know, get the most out of it and like read every dialogue box and solve every uh, side quest, probably more like eight hours, nine hours, something like that. Nice. Um, those estimates could be totally off because we thought the demo was a 20 minute demo and it took most people an hour. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure <laughs> estimating it between six and eight hours, something like that. Six and nine. Oh, nice. yeah. And um, so with Gumbrella, how long has it initially been in development for? Uh, we started the demo um, six months before the pandemic. Like we started prototyping it around that time. So it's that late 2019 it's been about three years at this point. Um, we also did another game in the middle of that. So that's it to factor that in. So there's been times mm. where we're kind of focused on Demon Throttle that came out this year. Yep. Uh, that was a smaller game, though. So it, um, we were still working on Gunbrella during that time. Okay. Yeah, about three years at this point. And it's been uh, through a ton of iterations. Um, it definitely was a, a game that we weren't sure what genre it was at first. I mean, obviously it's a side-scrolling platformer, but it has the ele- ele- a lot of different elements in it. Mm. It's not really a Metroid game because you don't expand your ability set to get to unlock new places. It's more just you're following through this story. Um, so it's more like an adventure game, an action-adventure platformer, I guess. Um, but it took time for us to figure out exactly what it was. And once we started adding elements in, then there was definitely things we tried that got cut over time. So three years of like, you know, iterating and trying to figure out what the hell this thing was, you know? I think um, I really appreciated that it wasn't constantly giving me new abilities. It sort of made me yeah. feel a bit more like I'm coming to the store. I've got my umbrella. I can, yeah. I can do this. Like this is, you know, Whereas, yeah, like, and, when you get um, to like a wall and you can't get through, it's like, Oh, well, it's got to go find something else. So, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really good that it was, had that like if you play it, if you if you play it again, you should feel you know once you get the controls down. Like if you start playing it again from the beginning, you'll move through a lot quicker. You'll feel powerful right away. Like mm. there's no moment where you start off and you're like, I'm weak, but I'll get I'll get strong later. It's like no, you pretty much have everything from the get go in mm. in terms of action. Um, it's more like find a key item, solve this problem, talk to this person to move forward, rather than like you know unlock unlock rockets and now you can. 
go back through the whole game and find secret paths. Like, yeah, no, those pa- those paths are there if you want to find them. But yeah, it's not really gated in the way a Metroid game is. A lot of times people say Gumbrella the new Metroidvania game, and it's not true, but they can say it if they want because it gets the idea of the kind of experience across. But yeah, yeah it's, it doesn't really follow that convention, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate that. <clears throat> it doesn't need to be a Metroidvania. <laughs> I know, I know. The, the game's development, so Devolver Digital, when did they get involved? Uh, pretty much at this point for us, anytime we have an idea that we think could be good, we pitch it to them and hopefully they say yes the first time and then we just start working on it. Um, that's generally how we try to approach it. feels like if it's something that we want to make, like if it's good enough for us to make, then hopefully it'll be good enough for them to publish is how we like to think of it. And if yeah. they don't want to publish it, then we probably have to do some more work to get it to that level. Mm. Um, yeah, with Gunbrella, we pitched it, uh, I think within six months of making a prototype and they didn't, they weren't a hundred percent on it. I mean, they kind of liked it, but they weren't sure yet. And I think it took us another six months to get it signed. Okay. Basically it took us about a year, but we knew that we knew they would like it if we, you know, spruced it up. I think at yeah. first it was a lot more bare, bare bones looking. Um, you'll notice there's like a, a a kind of lighting system in the game. There's uh, uh, backgrounds. You know, there's all these elements that weren't in originally. Like originally, it was a little more stylized with the colors, a simple back like backdrop of like a flat color. The lighting system was like different, not as nuanced, not as subtle. Um, we did a lot. We added like film grain and some different effects visually in order to like get across the tone that we were trying to get across. Yeah. I think initially, like the controls haven't changed much since that first uh, prototype, but the visuals definitely had a huge overhaul between like the first pitch and the Mm. the one that got signed. But yeah, um, Devolver's been involved for like a year and a half. Okay. Two years, I think, at this point in this project. Um, I know Devolver's publishing catalog at the moment is pretty hectic with like Cult of the Lamb, Phantom Abyss. Right. There's a lot of big ones floating around there that I think people have been really wowed by. So it'd be good for Gumbrella to join in that mix, I think. Yeah, it'll be cool to see what people think of it when it's done and it's out there. Because, um, yeah, you can get a lot of the movement and the action from the, uh, from the demo, but. I think it'll be fun to see people discover all the stuff that's in there in the mm. final version. Um, Definitely really excited to get it on Switch, I think. Because like, when I saw it was like um, Steam and Switch, I was like, yes! <laughs> yeah. We'll probably do other platforms eventually, but um, yeah, we're definitely focusing on those as the, uh, you know, if you can get on Switch, then it'll work on any other platform. It's kind of the bottleneck in terms of uh, mm. consoles go. And um, so with the development of the game, was there any like challenges along the way with sorting out? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, it was more of an experimental project. We didn't know what genre exactly it was. Um, We didn't know how much focus there would be on story. We didn't know uh, how items would work. We didn't know. We we put in like, you play Final Fantasy VII? Uh, Yes. Okay, we had a freaking materia system in there at one point. Uh, oh, we didn't wow. call it that. Yeah. I mean, we didn't call it that, but it was like 
we had this system where you could upgrade your gun with different slots and right. uh, it, you could combine effects and it was kind of cool, but it wasn't fully developed. And it, it was such an extra thing that added, you know, there's more buttons, more menus, and there's already a, you know, a pretty complex menu, like a yeah. inventory system in the game. Um, adding that extra step. And then, you know, adding the junk that drops from enemies that you can sell in town. Mm. Um, we started stacking all these things up and we realized like there were items that were weapons, like the grenades. There were modifiers you could do to your bullets. There was all these different things. And we were like, okay, anything that is a combat thing is an ammo type. And you just load those into the gun. So you get the same effect. Yeah. It's having like bounce bullets and long range bullets and mm. fire bullets. Like just turn those into ammo types. If an enemy uses that type of ammo, they can drop it. It just simplified things. Like, mm. yeah, there was definitely like <clears throat> twice as many ideas as we needed. And we need to figure out a way to elegantly get the same effect out of less things. Um, Cause it was just, yeah, it got a bit complicated somewhere in the middle we're like why is there like all these types of items it's confusing why is there money like you never have enough money like so we had to figure out a way to balance all those things in the middle yeah i guess that that was probably the biggest challenge because it wasn't you know it wasn't a straightforward metro game there's shops in it there's all that stuff we had to figure out a way to to make that functionally elegant i guess in the yeah. way that uh, it's presented to the player. And so with yourself working on the project, you said you've um, done programming. What are the other roles you've sort of jumped into for the project? Um, I did a lot of the dialogue writing. I like to make dumb jokes, so a lot of silly uh, dialogue. Um, a lot of boss design and programming. Um, make like custom level editor for the game custom animation systems for the uh, bosses yeah like we i basically built like the title screen thing that comes in mm. with the letters and the all diagonal that. menu yeah it's, Those were cool. it's built so the game's in game maker and then i built a tool that kind of looks like flash where you can move different layers around yeah um so you get these pixel things and you can like get a giant rat and move the jaw and move the thing or like have the umbrella come in and then the letters appear that's all mm-hmm. done in like a, a animation editor system and then i uh-huh. export those yeah. and load them into the game um see so yeah, i did programming but I, not as much of the gameplay stuff like not as much of like just enemies and and the gameplay stuff more of tools and um, systems like i made a event system for the editor where you can put dialogue in in the game and then check it in the event and then immediately change it okay, you know like wow. the, when the character the characters yeah. move around and talk there's like an rpg maker-esque event system that moves the actors around mm. so you don't have to code you don't have to like code it and then build the game and see if it worked you can do it in runtime so you can immediately change it and try it again um, and and the maps are built in the editor that I made as well. But these are all tools that have had some version in the past, like from Gato to now, the same, a similar or same version of the tool has like evolved. So um, all the concepts that we learned from making the editor for Gato make the next one better. And the, the dialogue system for Gato, I was like, how can I do this in a modular uh, editor? Um 
in in runtime instead of having to code it in the in the software like the game maker software um so we make these tools to like help make our job easier and then the game yeah. just gets more and more complex and then that becomes its own problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh it sounds it sounds very like intuitive though when you get down to like sort of get all through Once it's all working yeah, yeah. <laughs> the joys of indie development and it's never all working but i mean we're getting there I guess um, my final few, few things would be like for anyone who's on the fence about playing on Gumbrella, what would be like your selling point, your reason why they should play it and give it a go? It's It's got great action combat. Um, it's got lots of gore, if that's your thing. And it's also got uh, a combination of a dark story and a sense of humor. So if that mm. sounds nice, check it out. If that doesn't sound nice, I don't know. There's lots of other games. Go play Animal Crossing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like I really appreciated the dialogue, and I think it does have this. Like I was trying to like put words to it before, but like you do feel very like in the character. Like it does feel very like you're very much making the choices as you go along, and like the story is not just fully set out, and it does feel like it does wind around and. Yeah, I think that'll be exciting right. to see when the full version drops. Yeah, yeah, and there's def- it definitely goes places with that that mm. idea in a way, okay. which is interesting. Uh, like make making the player feel in control of this this guy. Mm. Um, and where do we go with that? I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to play it and find out. You got an umbrella that shoots bullets. What are you going to do with that, champ? Right. <laughs> and I think it's it's interesting because that the name of the game being gunbrella makes you feel like oh this is a shooting and umbrella in game but it it ends up being a lot more than that and uh you know hopefully that and it's weird because you want you want people to know that you want people to know hey there's a lot more depth like in the in the story and every everything even the gunbrella itself holds more importance than what you see in the demo Mm. like in terms of story and things like that but we just keep mom about it because if people are attracted by the action part and then are surprised by, oh, wow, I didn't expect it to go this place or that place over the course of the whole game, yeah. hopefully it'll be like a pleasant surprise and uh, we don't spoil it for everyone. By oh, being God, like, this story. <laughs> Look how deep it is. I'm going to actually, I'm going to give it away all in the trailer. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. So we're being a little cute about not really saying how, not really saying what the story is exactly in the demo and, and things like that, but it'll be become clear when you play the final version what's what's really going on. So. Yeah, I think um, as well. What was I touching on? Uh, with I, when I first jumped in, like I'd watched the trailer, but it'd been a few weeks since I'd actually like looked at it. I was thinking it was a bullet hell. Like when I was lined up right. in packs, I was like, "This is a bullet hell. This is gonna be." And like, I don't have a good reputation <laughs> with bullet hells, so I was just like, "Oh, right. it'll go okay." But then, like, the story like hit me, and I was like, "Oh wow, okay, this is this is cool. Like, great." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get bu- we get bullet hell, roguelike, and metroidvania, um, which are all different different degrees of wrong. Oh yeah, they, yeah. You know, I think anytime you see like a bunch of bullets on screen in a screenshot, it'll be like, "Oh, that's bullet hell." But- yeah, we we're still trying to figure out what it is. Maybe by the time the game comes out, we'll know. <laughs> we'll know what Gumbrella is. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, Joseph, I think we'll wrap it up there. But it's been amazing to catch right. up with you and talk about Gumbrella. Yes. Yeah, good to um, meet you. Yeah, good to meet you too. 
You've been listening to Checkpoint Intimates. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.